0: Welcome to Study the Word Podcast with your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Together we will discover wisdom that leads to salvation and spiritual growth. Here with today's Bible teaching is your host, Dr. Marty Minto. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and welcome once again to Study the Word Podcast. If you have your Bibles with you today, turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1. That's Proverbs chapter 1. And if you have your discipleship steps training manual in front of you, We will be on step number one, submitting to God, and we're going to begin here today with principle number five. And again, if you have not received your Discipleship Steps training manual, or you didn't even know that there was a training manual that's available, it is a manual that is absolutely for free. All you have to do is email us at discipleshipsteps at gmail.com, and we will send you via mail Uh, a copy for free of this booklet. So we need your name and your mailing address. And you can follow along with us as we go through this podcast and this particular study. And uh, the study and the manual is filled with all kind of information, Uh, many passages of Scripture so that you can go back and, and look and reread and study them on your own. Also in the back of the training manual is the answer key in case you happen to miss a podcast or miss something I said, or maybe you misunderstood, whatever the case may be, it'll be helpful to you all around. And again, this is absolutely for free for the asking, no matter how many copies you need. We had somebody the other day ask for several copies, and we send them absolutely free to you. It is a ministry because we want you to become like Jesus, and that's what it's all about. So again, I want to encourage you to get the training manual if you have not, and we'll send it out in the mail as soon as possible to you. All right, we're on step number one, submitting to God. And last time we got together, we went through uh, the first four principles. But we talked about the fact that submission is the humble obedience to another's will. It's um, humbly obeying God. Uh, God is the one who is sovereign. He is the one who is in control Of all things at all times and that kind of helps us to understand principle number five which says submission is learning to obey God he is the creator we are his creation now before you can really obey God you have to learn Um, and that learning process in being submissive to God is understanding who he is Um, he is the creator we are the creation, and that's why in Proverbs chapter one verse seven it says this: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, or the beginning of wisdom." Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, when we look at this fear thing here, um, there's two aspects to fear. First of all, we have to understand that God is God, and we're not, and there should be. Within us a good, wholesome, healthy fear of God. As a matter of fact, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet writes this Remember the former things long past. This is in verse 9 For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things which have not been done saying, My purpose will be established. I will accomplish all my good pleasure, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country. Truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely I will do it. So from verse 9 through 11 in Isaiah 46, God makes it clear that he is God. There's no one like him. There's nothing that compares to him in other places and passages of Scripture we can read about. But this fear of God was something that was also seen in the book of Exodus. If you remember uh, Moses going on Mount Sinai and meeting with God, and God giving to Moses the Ten Commandments, but he gave instructions to the people of Israel. And after God had given him the Ten Commandments, in chapter 20... It says this, listen very carefully. All the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself and we will listen. But let not God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid for God has come in order to test you, in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Wow. So the truth of the matter is there has to be a true fear of God. But that word fear also means reverence. We are to revere God. And I think reverence goes along with good, solid, healthy, wholesome fear when we understand who God is. The Bible says in the last days one of the things that will become evident, unfortunately but true, is there will be no fear of God before their eyes. I think that we're seeing this more and more in the day in which we live. But again, submission is learning to obey God because we recognize that He is the Creator, We are the creation. Uh, There's other passages of Scripture, too, that would help us better understand this truth. And I would encourage you, I have them in your booklets there in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 through 17. Matter of fact, it says here, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior beside me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Even from eternity I am He, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? Once again, God here making it clear to the children of Israel through Isaiah the prophet exactly who he is and what he is all about. Um, And again, you can also go to Isaiah 46, which we've already talked about earlier. And these are the passages that help us to get a good, wholesome understanding about God. Uh, I also think to myself, too, uh, there is a passage when it deals with the prophet Isaiah. In an Isaiah chapter 6, now this is not in your training manual. This is a little extra here for you. But if you go to Isaiah chapter 6, it says this starting in verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And the one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out. While the temple was filling with smoke, then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips." and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, and again, and this is a picture here I wanted to give you where really we see the fear of Isaiah before God. He recognizes God for who God is. And again, this is a powerful, powerful picture that we all need to understand. So once again, principle number five is submission is learning to obey God. He is the Creator. We are His creation. Now, let's move on to principle number six. Submission is commanded by God. It's commanded by God. God wants us to submit to Him. We could even say submission is demanded by God. This is what God expects from us. And believe it or not, His Son, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity is the perfect example, once again, of submission and what it means to submit to God. And if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, verse 38, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus says here in John six thirty-eight, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Listen to that very distinctively and clearly. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Well, obviously, we know that Jesus, if we go to the book of Philippians chapter 2, and really in chapter 2 of Philippians, we have a picture or an understanding of what we would call the incarnation. And this is a very important passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2, and listen to these words, starting with verse 6. "...who, although he existed in the form of God," this means Jesus, "...did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself," uh, Jesus at that point in time in the incarnation, when he took upon himself uh, the human flesh, the form of man, um, he at that time emptied himself in the sense he did not use his divine prerogative all the time. Uh, he was God when he came into this world. That little babe in the manger was God. He he. That's why we call him the God-man. But his divine authority and power was not always displayed when he walked the face of the earth. Now, at times he did. But at the same time, what we see here, he submitted to God the Father because God the Father demonstrated in this role and the function of the Trinity, Jesus demonstrated that he was submitting to the command of God. I come here not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And that's what it's all about, and sometimes we don't quite understand this. But submission is commanded by God. God expects it. Going back to our our last principle, he is the creator. We are the creation. So again, he expects from us submission. It's commanded by God because of who he is. And Jesus became that humble servant. He humbled himself even unto death, and that was death on a cross. Let's also look here at John chapter 12, John chapter 12, at verses 49 and 50. John chapter 12, verses 49 and 50. For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as what to say and what to speak. Did you hear that? The Father gave Jesus a commandment on what to say and what to speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. Once again, this is demonstrating submission is commanded by God. He's showing himself as a humble servant, as one who is willing to please God his Father. And the same is true for us. God commands submission from us. And again, as Jesus once said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And if you love me, you love the one who sent me. So the bottom line is submission is commanded by God. Let's move on now, if we would please, to um, principle number seven. Now, this is where uh, I like to say the rubber meets the road. This is where things get um, very um, personal for all of us. Principle number seven, the very first act of submission, as a Christian, is to be baptized. You know, we could talk about submission. We could pray about submission. But obviously, submission must be demonstrated in our lives. Well, we call this passage the Great Commission passage. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. And it says here in verses 19 and 20, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, And the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, first of all, the first demonstration or the very first act of submission that you're a Christian is to be baptized, because we are to be baptized. That's what Christ has told us. That's what is expected of us, is to be baptized. And and again, for some people, I I still find it um, very disheartening that many people today who are baptized don't really even understand baptism and what baptism is all about. And I'm not going to take the time here today on the podcast to go through it, but again, I, I hope and pray that you understand why you were baptized and what baptism is all about, and why it is the first act of submission as a Christian, and what you are demonstrating. And again, there's other passages in Matthew chapter 3. Matter of fact, if we go back in the Scriptures, in Matthew chapter 3, if you look with me at verses 13 through 17, that's Matthew chapter 3, 13 through 17, is the baptism of Jesus. And Jesus was baptized by John. And again, that was to fulfill all righteousness. That was uh, to do what was expected of those as he represented mankind, as John was calling all men to repent and to place their faith uh, in the coming Messiah, place their faith in God, in the one who was granting them forgiveness of sins, Um, His grace was being poured out. John is proclaiming this this gospel message or this pre-gospel message. Uh, The truth is Jesus um, demonstrated as a sinful person just like the others. But Jesus wasn't sinful. Uh, He he had no sin. Uh, He was truly God revealed to us in the flesh. He was without sin. But he went through... The process, once again, representing man, this is where it began in his ministry, and it went on, and that's why at the very end what happens is he goes to the cross, he suffers and dies um, in our, our, on our behalf. Um, he, he dies, our sins are placed upon him. But from the beginning to the very end, where it is finished, as he said those words, Christ lived the life that Adam did not. He lived in complete obedience to God. He submitted to God in every aspect of what God was demanding, commanding, expecting from sinners. And that's why he got baptized. And so, again, we can look at this. We can look at Acts chapter 8 and go there. and, And matter of fact, the book of Acts, there's numerous places in the book of Acts that talks about baptism but this particular one in verses 26 through 40 is the story of the Ethiopian that receives Christ. And uh, we, we have Philip who goes and presents Jesus to him, and he presents the gospel message. And it's obvious in the gospel message uh, he is compelled by Philip to be baptized because when they came across a body of water, we know that the eunuch told uh, Philip, Um, you know, let's stop here. Here's water. Does anything keep me really from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, and Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. Philip baptized the eunuch, and then he left. He was carried away by the power of the Holy Spirit. But once again, this demonstrates the first act of submission as a Christian is to be baptized. Now, i, I got to ask this question. If you're out there listening to this podcast, have you been baptized? Have you truly been baptized and identified with Christ in his death, burial, and his resurrection? And again, if you haven't, then you need to talk to your pastor at your church. You need to contact us here at Study the Word Podcast, and we'll give you all as much information as we possibly can. But again, this is the very first act of submission as a Christian is to be baptized. Very, very important. I cannot stress this enough. Last but not least, for at least for today, Jesus, Jesus himself taught us to pray for submission. Um, if you go back to the book of Matthew, and Matthew is the first book in the, the New Testament, it is the first gospel um, that is written in the New Testament, or at least that we have As as they put it in order here. It wasn't the actual first one written. They believe that Mark was the first gospel. But according to the order that we have our Bibles, Matthew is the first one we find in the New Testament. But if you look with me at Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, this is very important. Um, Jesus is teaching his disciples and the people who are listening about practicing their righteousness before men, about being noticed by others, and uh, the fact of the matter is the hypocrites, uh, those who claim to know God, were the ones who were doing this. Um, and Jesus then began to talk about how you pray, and he said you don't want to be praying in verse 5 like the hypocrites either, who like to, they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Um, but Jesus says when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your Father who, sees, uh, who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. And he says, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. Uh, So don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. Then he says this Pray then in this way. He doesn't say, pray this prayer. He says, pray then in this way. There is a difference and, um, you know, the Lord's Prayer. Most people know this, and there's a lot of people that pray it, but at the same time, I just want you to know that Jesus is not commanding us to pray it. He's just saying, pray in this way or use this as an outline, as a guide. But listen to what he says here. This is very important. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second because we went back to principle number five right now, we, we understand submission is learning to obey God. He is the creator. We are his creation. So as we call upon God, we're recognizing first and foremost as our Father, Abba Father. Uh, he is our Heavenly Father. And the reason we're able to cry out to him in that way, because we are his child. We have been adopted into his family. He is our Heavenly Father and we cry out to him because we have the Spirit of God within us. We belong to him, and we recognize him that hallowed is his name. In other words, holy, pure, powerful, just, righteous. I mean, his name is a name that is above all names. He's God. There's no one like him. There's no one that compares to him. Uh, nothing can compare to God. I could go on and on, but hallowing God's name means uh, to sanctify, to sanctify the treatise holy. Uh, He's set apart. He's God, the creator, and we are his creation. Very important. But look at these words in verse 10 quickly. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we want God's kingdom to come. And again, I, I, this is not focusing on this prayer today, but we want the kingdom of God to come. We, we want the trumpet to sound. We want our Lord and our Savior, our King Jesus, to return. Uh, we want to truly be a part of that kingdom eternal and, and no longer be a part of this world uh, that is filled with sin and wickedness and evil, a world that um, someday will no longer exist. There will be a, a new heaven and a new earth, et cetera, et cetera. But in here, he's telling us, as far as the way we pray, our desire should be that God the Father's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we are praying for submission. Because not only are we telling God, God, I want your will to be done, but you are, in essence, praying that I would be submissive to whatever that will is whatever you desire of me, whatever your plan, your purpose for my life is, I want that to be um, here on earth. And so you're actually, Jesus here is teaching us to pray for submission. Um, We want God's will to be done. Um, Some have said over the years, and I've heard this quite often, and to be honest with you, it's quite bothersome, but some people think that when you pray that way, you're kind of praying, you know, it's a weak type of prayer. I say it. it is the most boldest and most dangerous way to pray, but it's the most biblical way to pray because you are submitting to the will of God the Father. You want His will that is up in heaven where He is, His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven you're saying to God, I know you're in control. You're the creator. And I'm praying for submission. I'm praying that I will accept. A- and I'm telling you in your prayers, you're-, you're telling God, not are you praying for submission, but you're willing to secede to what God wants. You're willing to submit to it. You-, you want it because he's God and you're not. And he is your heavenly father. And you love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you are like Jesus, his son, who said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. That's what it's all about. Folks, I truly appreciate you taking the time and listening to Discipleship Steps as we continue on this journey to become like Jesus. And again, I want to encourage you, if you have not received your training manual yet, email us at discipleshipsteps at gmail.com. Send us your name and your mailing address, and we'll send you as many training manuals as you would like. Again, um, all kind of scripture. But again, we are continuing on this journey about submitting to God. And again, submission is the humble obedience to another's will, to the will of God the Father, to the One who is our Creator, the One who is the One that we pray to in the name of His Son Jesus Christ. He is our Creator we are his creation. I want to leave you today with a, a great song. I know many of you have heard it before. It's been around for a long time. It's by a gentleman by the name of Chris Tomlin, and it it's called How Great Is Our God. Until next time, tell others about Study the Word podcast. The splendor of Clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. Yeah. Podcast with Bible teacher, Dr. Marty Mento. If you have questions in regards to today's study or any questions about the Bible and or spiritual issues, then email us at studythewordpodcast at gmail.com. We hope through today's teaching, you have learned biblical truth so that you can teach others and defend the Christian faith. Tell others about Study the Word Podcast, available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor.fm. Once again, thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast.